0: I have a question for you, and I'm not sure there's an answer for it, but uh, for Apple keynotes and uh, the stock photography that you see inside Apple stores and on uh, their website and demo equipment, where do they keep the Apple families? <laughs> you know what I mean, right? The the families that are, seem to either be raised by the Apple corporation or or paid handsomely but imprisoned and they just take hiking vacations and go to Tahoe all the time. And then somebody with like a really fancy DSLR follows them, and they pretend those pictures were taken with an iPhone.
1: Without question, my favorite part of this week's keynote was when Craig made, made the comment about the photos. It's, it's something that we've all thought numerous times during these things. And the fact that he actually called it out, I, I think that that singular moment kind of epitomizes the apple of today i mean it, it's trended that way for a while now but I, I i think that was like peak new self-aware apple hold on
0: where, where did i put it because uh, i was watching that and then he said where is it he sits on like what like what a set of incongruous images because like it, it was just uh and he was saying like uh, oh like that's not the first thing you ever see when you turn on the camera." Do you remember the photos demo? I do, yeah. Yeah, like and it's like it was just like a series of like 10 photos that were all entirely different that were like perfectly shocking. <laughs> and he, and even he had to be like this, this is completely fake. And it's pretty Uh-oh. good. But yeah, I, I do seriously want to know the and I I know they're not imprisoned by Apple, but I I want to know who How do how do they contract this? Like how do they pay an entire group of actors or models to pretend they're a family? And go out on atypical vacations that upper cl- upper middle class people would take.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think this is t- you know specific to Apple. Like when I when I'm reminded but of, they, they do it with, the best though. Well, yeah, maybe they'd um, have a uh, how would you say this? They would have a, a higher budget version of this, maybe. But you know, stock photography is a big thing, and it's actually kind of one of my pet peeves. I mean, I don't know if we really want to go this way, but. I, I'm not. I'm really not a big fan of stock photography. I think with both Apple's presentations and then also just other, you know, general uses of stock photography. You know, I'm specifically looking at you HR slideshows. But <laughs> you mean your sexual I, harassment training slideshows? That's exactly right.
0: Where somebody, or sorry, your ethical dilemma slideshows, where somebody's.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, uh, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, They're I all made by the same company. They are, yeah, probably. I just, I don't know. I think, I, I just give me some genuine photos. You know, give me, give me some actual, real life photos. And because I, I think that's actually what. So, wait,
0: so for the sexual harassment training, it would just be a bunch of Donald Trump photos.
1: Ooh, wow! That we're this, we're not doing the political podcast this week.
0: Gotta do it soon. Yeah, he's had a bad should. week.
1: <sighs> has has there been a good week yet in 2016? I think am I, had, f- am I th- forgetting about? I think
0: it? he's had weeks where his the people who for some reason agree with his agenda will just pass it by. But I think this has been a week where everybody's kind of like,
1: hmm. Well, that 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 should be every week. I mean, that sh- that should be people's reaction every week. Yeah, but sorry, please continue. Um. Stock photography. Yeah, not a fan of stock, of stock photography. I, I really or think. Or stocker photography. Yeah, right. No, not not a fan of that either. But you know what I mean. I just feel like it. It, in some ways, cheapens your message.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And what maybe else. I'm
1: being, I'm being a little dramatic about it. Maybe.
0: I think you are. I mean, to to a degree. <laughs> I I guess for me, what what it's, Apple stuff. Like again, if you ever look, like if you ever go to an Apple store and look at the Photos app. Or anything that has like pre made content, like everybody's always they're building a house, they're they're, they're measuring <laughs> stuff, they're 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 shopping at the highest end possible places. Like no, just like play around with an Apple demo device. Like look at the bookmarks, look at the look at the notes, look at the passbook of all the uh, expensive flights they're taking, and they see these photos, and, and I just want to know about the families of uh, who's being paid. To go on a vacation to Lake Tahoe or Mount Rushmore or or, um, New Zealand or wherever. And it's, I'm, cause I'm sure they're not renting out an entire family. I'm sure these are unrelated people. Anyway, I don't know. Who, who, it's, it's kind of a sweet deal though. If, if you just get paid to have fun, kind of, although, except you probably have to have fun 10 times in a row so they get the shot perfect.
1: I, I would probably sign up to be uh, an Apple. Uh, photography. Why would you say someone who's getting photographed? Photography. That's what I. That's, what I, that's, <laughs> that's what not, I was thinking, but it didn't, it's didn't really not sound it. right. Yeah, I don't think that's it at all. A photography subject.
0: Hmm. Subject of photography.
1: Yeah, we'll 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 run with that.
0: Yeah. You can- <laughs> Actually, you could just put woofs over that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. I hope you kept, you kept that on file because, anytime I say something dumb, I need
1: you to. But I keep oh, I keep everything on file. Yeah, we keep, we keep all the show notes on file, all the images, the editing, sound effects. Yeah, everything's filed away. Currently on the Drobo 5N, but uh, soon to be the Synology, what is it? The 1315 or the 1513? We'll get there. Okay.
0: Um, do you still have the picture of that super cute golden retriever or lab puppy from like three episodes ago? Oh,
1: with the, the was this the, the, the Puppuccino? I'm not sure. Let
0: me see if I can go to our website.
1: I think it was the... I think that was the... pup. Yeah, the, the one that I actually put in the show notes was the Puppuccino.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good stuff.
0: All right, so we haven't solved the mystery of the Apple families, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another show.
0: Can we solve another photography mystery?
1: Please. So I sent this to you
0: uh, at, at the tail end of last week uh, when we kind of do our cactus break inside slack and uh i'll resend it to you to refresh your memory yeah so, i
1: instantly once we put the the week break in the slack i, I everything before that is is gone no
0: this is right afterward
1: oh, oh how yeah well, how could i have forgotten about this there's so oh, there's there's there as i told you in the slack there there's just so much to unpack here
0: so i was shopping on amazon for uh I don't know what the technical term for these things are. Uh eye mask or eye pillow? You know the thing where some where sometimes if there's like ambient light in your room, you might want to you might want something so that you sleep better.
1: Are you are you still looking for one?
0: No, I bought the one that's in this picture.
1: Oh, I was I was I I was going to give you a tip, but What's that? Well, you just you go to the Sweet Home and they they've got their recommendation for it.
0: I'm going to I'm just here's the thing, I'm just going to pretend it's the one I bought and be okay. just as happy.
1: Got it okay well I, to, for what it's worth i don't absolutely love the one that I got, so you're you're probably fine
0: I like the one I got
1: uh, well, I but think it, the but one I got's fine, but it's i don't i don't know i don't I don't love it yeah, but it's this one um and and
0: I bought it despite the fact the uh the product image or or whatever the the thing in the body of the uh product summary and description had the most troubling photo mm-hmm so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the I think three or four unique things that terrify me about this. First, so I'll describe it. There's a, a gentleman uh, with uh, very uh, swooshy hair that seems like it has a lot of hair product in it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if one of the the few things you were gonna mention is, but one of mine certainly is the fact that he appears to be sleeping with hair product in his hair,
0: which I'm sure I think everybody probably does. I don't think everybody. Uh, we're not going to get into this.
1: Oh, I, I, well, we we don't need to get too we're, personal, we're but I, uh I absolutely always shower before going to bed if I have product in my hair. A- anyway, you call it product. Okay. Can... Well, I mean, you we're know, never what... going to get to WWDC. I'm sorry right. is that is that not the <laughs> is that not the politically correct term? Do you gel. I, mean, what, I don't what think do you...
0: it is. I think I think you're in Trump territory right now.
1: Hmm. Well, I didn't mean to offend he's, anybody. He's building a I... wall. Ugh. Oh.
0: That show can't come soon enough. Yeah. All right. So he's wearing an eye mask, which is the product they're trying to sell. That that seems to be like five percent of this image. He's got he's he's lying down, uh, with his with his arm behind his head, uh, seemingly to protect his pillow from the copious amount of eye product or eye product, hair product that's on his hair. He is sleeping next to a seemingly full mug of coffee.
1: That he seems to have no uh, no no qualms about potentially knocking over and and just you know if I can jump in just to clarify that this coffee is not on an end table or no something it's on the like bed that. It, it appears to be yeah on on the actual bed that he's sleeping on
0: okay third thing <laughs> he has a powered off Samsung Galaxy Tab ten inch tablet Android tablet from two thousand and twelve which I guarantee. Samsung probably sold six of those worldwide, <laughs> so I find it very peculiar that this gentleman has one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also appears like it's one p.m. in the afternoon. So, mm. so ple- please tell me what's going on here, because is <sighs> this is not a real talk about stock photography? I the the coffee and the and the tablet must be photoshopped, right?
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm actually I'm really impressed uh with the kind of
0: well the shadows are wrong, but
1: well no, I I, I was going to say I'm really impressed with your segue. Like it's it's just going from stock photography to this was the perfect uh transition. So, you know, bravo. But yeah, I I don't think I don't think the tablet and the coffee are photoshopped. I think I think those are actually in the image. Cuz if I if I zoom in here, there's no obvious signs of photoshop
0: the perspective of the coffee doesn't look right hmm. and i don't I don't see them this yeah you know, the tablet i'm 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 not sure about either, and also i uh, it doesn't have the Samsung logo on the front, so i they maybe photoshop that out, but again, I have it on good authority that nobody bought that
1: he also so- appears to be. Sleeping on a pillow that doesn't have a pillowcase on it. Which I I find he, he seems I find to somewhat sli- troubling.
0: Alternatively, he could be sleeping on an MPR tote bag because that's the color it is.
1: That's possible. Yeah, I guess I'm still I'm also yeah, I am still a little hung up on the amount of product in his hair. I that that's that's also extremely troubling. So is this gonna make it in the show notes? Oh, I mean this. Yeah, yeah. This this will I think be this, this, front and center because
0: this is an audio uh, uh, an audio uh, production. I know. I think nobody benefits from this at all, unless they actually. And I don't know which. Let me let me go to Amazon. I don't know what brand this is, but for the actual product they're selling here, um, thumbs up.
1: Yeah, you know i I don't really I don't really like sleeping with a with a, a mask like that. Sometimes I'll wear it if I'm so specifically. I bought it last year when I when I went abroad. But I I don't know. In in general, I don't really I don't really like sleeping with these masks. Like I would never just sleep with this regularly at home.
0: I've been doing it for the past couple of weeks, and and I and I do enjoy it. Um. So it's called the Plimo Sleep Mask, ultra soft, silky, contoured eye mask. God, there's a lot of adjectives here. Breathe easy, eye shade for bedtime and travel. Four and a half stars, one hundred thirty-eight reviews.
1: This actually might be the same one that I have.
0: And, and as and as usual, the Amazon uh, product page questions do not disappoint. Does this product have a smell? Answer: No, comma. I did not notice a smell. <laughs> Thank you, Casey.
1: <laughs> we we you know you know we sometimes oh God. Will... What, was there another good one
0: there's a very inappropriate one
1: oh that's not yeah that's a family-friendly show i was going to say that i you know the, okay, the answer I, is it never mind okay yeah let's let's <laughs> let's well we're not going to get into that at sometimes on this show we like to highlight other show ideas when you know when we come across across them and i i, I do think that there's an opportunity for a amazon review focused podcast just going to throw that out there as an idea.
0: I, I'm fine with that. Okay. Or we okay. can, or we can have like little mini, uh, like we can have like one week. We can have a uh, like a bonus 15 minute episode where we just we recap the most horrifying or or disconcerting reviews we passed.
1: I, I have dropped it into the podcast planning channel. Sure. Um, send send me a link to this thing.
0: I will, and then you can look at the second Amazon uh, product review question and answer thing, and then. You won't mention it, but you'll understand why i
1: you know. oh yeah hmm. well it it does depend on your face shape that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's as much that's as much as we'll say uh this is uh this is not the same one that I purchased <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> all right yeah. um anyway anyway.
0: One of, okay. Before we start the actual uh, actual program,
1: yeah. Before before we start recording,
0: uh, I'm just making sure I actually did start recording. Yes. <laughs> um. Did.
1: Well, actually, actually, you know what? I don't think I have a way to know. No, you'd never know. Well, but I I'm recording your end too, so that's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: NBA Finals. Hmm.
0: So I I have no uh, horse in the game or or uh,
1: horse horse in the race.
0: No, no, I, I'd much prefer a force to played basketball.
1: Hmm. Is that like um, the Segway polo thing that Wozniak's into?
0: God, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, w- oh, why'd you have to... NBA Finals. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't care too much about it, but do you... I forgot where this came from, because I, I lost the link to the article, but it seems like somebody suggested this week... And I'm sure a lot of people could suggest this, but uh, that Draymond Green, one of the uh, better players of the Golden State Warriors, was suspended for certain reasons, but the overriding reason was to prolong the NBA Finals. Mm. The Golden State Warriors, uh, before the last game, had a three games to one lead. Uh, Now it's 3-2. Now the series went back to Cleveland. Do you put any stock into that? No. No. Why not?
1: Because the NBA itself doesn't really have any sort of vested interest the in the series do. going longer. The broadcasters do, but the broadcasters aren't the ones who suspended him. The
0: broadcasters pay the NBA, and you think when contracts? Yeah, but they, time comes sign,
1: around, they sign. They sign and, and in fact, just recently signed a multi-year-long agreement. So what happens this season will have no bearing on that agreement. No, it, it, it's it's completely ridiculous. Do you it's, think Draymond
0: Green plays dirty?
1: Yeah, he does. Agreed. But that's, you know, and and I'm I'm just, you know, we like to look at both sides on the show as we as we talk about Carlos.
0: Is LeBron a crybaby?
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah.
0: Okay, so there's fault on both sides.
1: Right. Okay. So you um, should vote libertarian. Exactly.
0: Okay.
1: Well, that was pretty good. Does that nice. mean the
0: Sacramento Kings? Hmm. They got a new arena coming up.
1: The is that the Sleep Train Arena? No, that's well, that, they that, left, that right? was the last one. Yeah, yeah. Is it the T-Mobile? What is? No, the what's... T-Mobile Arena is the one in Vegas. That's the new one, right? Yeah, in the in yeah. Who's that's that the for? One. Is there uh, a the... team that's going to play there? So that's so the. They're MGM... a hockey team, right? Yeah, so the MGM Grand, which you know hosted all the boxing events and like preseason basketball and hockey, all that kind of stuff, they had their own arena. That was just the MGM Arena, basically and they replace that now with a f- more robust kind of traditional arena that's much larger kind of similar size as other basketball and hockey arenas. And yeah, they're going to they're going to expand an NHL team out there. Any names yet for the team? Yeah. I saw the the investment group that's heading it up, it, the it's something they had like Black Knight in their name or something and so people are thinking it'll be like the Las Vegas Black Knights. Something like that.
0: That sounds awful.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But most most teen names are kind of terrible.
0: And going going back a moment, the uh, Sacramento Kings will be playing at the Golden One Center.
1: I thought that was where I thought that was Golden State's new arena in San Francisco.
0: No, Golden One's not a thing around here.
1: Hmm. What wasn't? Isn't the Warriors' new arena? Isn't that a banking thing too?
0: No, remember that's Chase because fucking Jamie Diamond was there.
1: Yeah, the the Chase. The, well, it's a banking thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but Golden One, it's not Chase.
1: Oh, I didn't. I I just I said it was another banking thing.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Come on, keep up.
0: Sorry, I'm I'm still troubled by this Samsung tablet that's yeah, probably there's... never been powered on if it's not photoshopped.
1: Hmm. God, that coffee is so close to it on a mattress, no less. Yeah, can't can't think about that. Yeah. Um, No, so the, the NBA did not suspend Draymond for any sort of conspiracy theories. They suspended him because they have this arcane point system where when you accumulate a certain number of either technical or flagrant fouls, you automatically get suspended for a game. And so with Draymond, he was one point shy of that threshold, and he crossed it when his incident with LeBron James was upgraded to a uh, flagrant foul which it should have been and so he got suspended. It, it really it wasn't the only discretionary part of it on the NBA's part was calling what he did a flagrant foul and I I well, think by like any yeah, I think by any objective measure it, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't think there's much controversy. In fact, it's funny because there, there's an equal number of people who are talking about the theory you just outlined, as there are people who said it should have been a flagrant two, which would have resulted in him being suspended not only for Game 5, but also for Game 6. So there's there's a bunch of people out there, you know, Cavaliers fans, presumably, who are uh, crying out for a conspiracy theory in the other direction, saying that the NBA actually didn't do enough. So you're, you're never going to please anybody.
0: This country's a melting pot.
1: technology yeah okay it's too bad nothing happened this week
0: nothing did happen this week (sighs) there was some trade show this week
1: there's two big trade shows this
0: week i think they were talking about well actually WWDC
1: is not really a trade show they're talking about web browsers and yeah well was there ever a trade show that talked about web browsers did i miss that yeah back in i'm sure
0: netscape had a conference
1: What would that conference have been called, do you think?
0: Uh, Netscape Navigator Central? I don't know.
1: But how about the Netscape Escape? No. You don't think so? No. Okay.
0: Netscape would have been a good name for a basketball team. Okay. So WWDC is this week. Yeah. The keynote was on Monday. Uh, I have have spent a a decent amount of today uh, watching WWDC sessions. Because uh, that's what happens when I work from home. Hmm. But uh, d- zero hardware, so you you definitely win uh, whatever part of, of last week's prediction show we had. But uh, a lot happened.
1: Well, yeah, and I think you know that that's that was part of the motivation for predicting no hardware was it. It did seem like I know I know you like to poke fun at particularly TVOS not really being a platform for Apple, but. You know, Tim Cook was very forthcoming in the way that I thought he would be, which is, you know, hey, we've got four app driven platforms now, so there's going to be a lot to talk about, particularly in the context of a developer audience. But was there much to talk about with TVOS? I don't think uh, there was. Uh, I mean, well, let's
0: let's start off small. So give, give me a, give me a recap of what happened with TVOS.
1: Um. Well, so I, I think that the the big thing is the Single uh, authentication now for oh, yeah. for your um, various services. So you know anybody who's used Apple TV, whether it's the uh, older generation box or even the the latest one, knows that you know the really big pain point is you've got all these different services you can log into, watch ESPN, ABC. Uh, however, there's I mean there's a million of these channels now that support. Apple TV apps, HBO Now, HBO Go, et cetera. And you have to log in to each one of these with your Comcast or Time Warner or whatever your cable company is, credentials. And it's it's a huge hassle. And there's there, there's always been kind of this idea that, well, why can't you just enter these credentials once and then you're authorized for whatever your cable provider gives you access to? And so that's what they're doing now. And it, it seemed like to me during the presentation that, that that's exactly the way it was going to work was, you know, not only were you going to have this single point of login, but once you did, you were actually going to be proactively shown like, hey, here's all the stuff you have access to. Because actually that's part of the other issue that I've had with Apple TV is for whatever reason, like HDTV and Food Network, their apps don't have whatever agreement there is that they need with comcast and so those apps don't work with your you know comcast credentials
0: but that's preventing you from watching nothing of value <sighs> we,
1: we, okay, we, we
0: no we're gonna we're gonna pause here for a moment because because this week i saw what's what's apparently the worst program i've ever seen in my entire life which is called cutthroat kitchen you i know haven't
1: i haven't seen that one no
0: it, it hosts this guy named Alton Brown, who's supposed to be very, very popular, and people like him.
1: Oh no! No, so the the lady friend and I, we we do not enjoy him at all.
0: I could have sworn he had a program that I liked many years ago, like where he like talk, talked about how like candy was made or something.
1: No, I think you're thinking of uh, Mark Summers. Who did the?
0: Um... He's the guy who hosted Double Dare on on Nickelodeon. He
1: did, yeah. I know that's it's that's very guy. true. It is the same guy. Ooh, yeah. but he also hosted a really. I think he actually he still might host this show on Food Network. Unwrap, that... unwrap. Thank you. Yes. Oh, then no. I then I completely dislike Alton Brown. Yeah, no, he's terrible.
0: No, it's the worst because it's it's, it's this like a cooking show where all he does he just acts like a jerk and but not like uh, Gordon Ramsay style and just like. Throws like weird challenges at people, and it, and it's really unpleasant. And and everybody loves it. And like in and, and Food Network seems to be just filled with with just un- unappealing stuff, except for like the Giada show.
1: Well, so I like, guess Chopped
0: is is the worst.
1: Oh, see that you and I fundamentally disagree there, but we we really like Chopped, and we also really like all of the baking championships.
0: Well, uh, hold on, do they simulcast or do they play the the Great British Baking Show? Because I think that's PBS.
1: Yeah, they they don't have that one. The the ones that Food Network has are the Holiday Baking Championship, the Spring Baking Championship, the Kids Baking Championship. <laughs> and I think I think those are the three.
0: Do the kids cut themselves?
1: Well, They're actually um, um actually the most serious injuries have been on the adult program. Yikes. Yeah. You know. So,
0: wait, what what what's what's um what's unique about Spring Baking?
1: That's a good question. Um, but, you know, I, I say that because sometimes the judges will critique some of the desserts that are presented, saying that they're not spring enough. And I and I often wonder what makes a what makes a dessert uh, springy, for you know, lack of a better phrase.
0: All right, I'm sorry we took <laughs> I took us down this road.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it's your fault, like most things on this show. It's messed up. Well, it's it's you know, it's not mean if it's true.
0: You don't mean it, so I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, single sign on, yeah. So, but the what I read, uh, I don't. No, nobody's come out on the record about this, but it seems like Comcast is probably going to not be on board with this.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't really surprise me.
0: So therefore, it it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, because Com- Comcast is
0: is the largest of all the cable companies, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. Time Warner is probably a close second, but yeah. I mean I think that that was what I mean that that ultimately was what derailed the, the Comcast Time Warner merger, right? Because it would be the top 2. And that was what, isn't that what the um isn't that what the government had a problem with? Wait, did Comcast and Time Warner try to merge? I thought so. What well, did, no. did didn't that happen? Am I am I making that up? Probably. No, I don't think so oh yeah they did yeah they did wait I, then, I, then who I, ended
0: up was it was it cable who's the one who actually did end up merging with them
1: i forget that that's not important but i what i was going to say was i think there we have to go in the archives but i think there was a show where you had said it was going to happen and i said it wasn't going to you can't can't be bothered by going back though
0: sounds plausible yeah well yeah you really screwed yourself by not doing uh, show notes earlier
1: i did yeah i really did
0: See there, that, that I can fault you for.
1: I should. We we really should have put a wager on no hardware at WWDC. I, I was so confident about that. It gets, I don't know why you haven't jumped on this bandwagon with me, but I mean everything leaks now. It, it's we know exactly what though. these events it, no, are going to be. No, but but it
0: doesn't because it, it, there's not a single screenshot of iOS 10 that leaked out.
1: That's software, dude. I'm talking about hardware. You but you said leaks, any type. Well, any type of I guess I didn't complete a sentence for you any type of hardware leaks I think they before uh, before
0: wwC Apple watch zero there were rumors about hardware in the sense that everybody was saying Apple is required to make a wearable but zero pictures of the hardware leak yeah but advance. we but
1: we knew the event that the Apple watch was announced at we knew the Apple watch was going to be announced it was not a surprise that they announced it at that event
0: but all the details were,
1: sure. That's fine. That proves nothing. It it proves everything because I said before last week show the, before the keynote on last week's show that there wasn't going to be any hardware, and the reason I knew that was because no hardware announcement had been leaked. I'm not talking about specific images. I'm just saying even like the concept of hey, Apple is going to announce X, like. Th- I mean, there really hasn't, like, when was the last keynote that Apple had where they announced a product that we didn't know was coming? I know the details are kept secret, but this, like, the idea that, you know, this product is going to be announced. Like, when when was the last time Apple did that?
0: I don't have time for this exercise.
1: Oh, the, of the, the exercise where I'm right and you're wrong and I keep, you know, bringing home that point?
0: You're very disagreeable this episode.
1: Hmm. Well, you know, I, I I like to change things up. Normally, <laughs> normally you are. Do, have you Have
0: you begun listening to Reconcilable Differences yet?
1: Uh, no, I haven't. Although it, it's in my Overcast queue now. Okay.
0: There's a theme where uh, where <laughs> Merlin uh, says that John has alternating weeks of being mean to him. So this is your week.
1: Oh, I don't think I'm ever mean to you. Am I? I don't. I, 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 cer- I certainly don't mean to be. I'm just kidding. All right, mo- moving on uh T- tv os yeah so so
0: there's there's a slightly dark mode now there's single sign on that's basically it right
1: yeah and can i just say that i almost actually uh sent this to you in the slack was oh i i can't wait to see later on the presentation what dark mode looks like for ios <laughs> as i thought for sure because it, it was a rumor before the show and I thought when they showed it for t v o s that oh you know now we're going to get it for iOS as well, and it didn't happen.
0: Nope, all right, so let's head on to the big stuff yeah uh so uh mac os ten point twelve sierra is yeah they they did decide to rebrand it a little bit, so it's no longer os ten and iOS it is now uh lowercase mac capital os all one word squished together
1: although can i just say that in in the um in the the screenshot that you sent me prior to the show i i do very much enjoy that you you have not stuck to that naming convention no god no <laughs> uh, again uh, I lived through the '90s.
0: I had Macs in the '90s. It's going to be Capital M, a uh, lowercase A, C, space O, S. Like if they want, if they want to do that, that's cool. I always thought that Mac OS was a uh, was a good name, but it, it, it's I'm not, I am not writing it as some squished together nonsense. Like tvOS, fine. It, it it's it's uh, TV is just generic phrase. So is watch. So is letter I. All that kind of stuff. So I, I'm I'm not going to partake in that. You're welcome to, but I'm I'm not. But anyway, like there's there's some interesting things happening in it other than the naming. Uh, so the big ones I think are that uh, Siri has come to the Mac, which is is was not a big surprise. Uh, the way it's implemented is is nice. I really hope it's not as uh, conversational and chatty as they made it seem in the demonstration, and I, and I think you probably can agree with that.
1: Well, so the one thing I'll say, I I do agree with that. But the one thing I'll say about Siri, which Jason and Mike talked about on this week's upgrade, is it it was interesting the way that Siri was presented because when Craig was up on stage demoing Siri, there were a couple of instances where he was using Siri while also using an app in full screen mode, and it really wasn't clear. Exactly how he was bringing up Siri. It's like when, when when he was not in full screen mode, he was just clicking an icon, or at least it looked like he was clicking an icon on the dock. So it kind of makes me think that before Mac OS Sierra ships, that we we might have new Macs that either have some type of Siri button, if if maybe that's part of this whole LED. Bar that's been rumored on the MacBook Pro, or whether it's something else, it seems like there's going to be a, an in a, a hardware, a dedicated hardware way to trigger Siri that Apple just hasn't announced yet.
0: I'm I'm sure they're just going to just remap one of the unused keys to that. Like you know, uh, what's the thing where uh, OS 10 makes your makes your computer look like iOS?
1: Oh, it's um, Launchpad. F, yeah, F four on the on the mac keyboard
0: so they'll just remap that to be the siri button because nobody uses that
1: i am i'm looking at it right now yeah i can't (laughs) can't remember the last time i used this it's it's the cleanest key uh, key on your keyboard because nobody's ever touched it i don't i don't ever use um they still call it expose yeah expose is the best i don't i don't really ever use that. I think for me, like I, I
0: use the Microsoft Ergonomic Desktop, and it has a button on the left side that you can squeeze, and that's what I use it for, or that's what I've mapped it to. If it's on the keyboard, it's probably it's probably trickier or harder to remember that it's it's there.
1: I just don't ever really have that many windows open, I guess. So I f-
0: you're you're probably going to love the tab feature they introduced.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So wait, do, uh, do you hide applications, or do you just quit everything?
1: Well, I think that's one of the nice things about—I um, almost called it OS X, uh, Mac OS—which is applications never—they don't really close. You just you kind of x them out, but then when you want them back, you just click on the icon on your dock, and you know there they are. <laughs> yeah. I don't—I don't, I don't I'm, I'm... see what's funny there.
0: <laughs> Moving on.
1: What, what what no please, please elaborate
0: oh okay so you're you're saying whenever you're done with something so do you close windows by doing command w
1: or do you click the x i usually i'll usually click the x but the application you, is still you, actively mm. running in the background that's what i'm saying In in mm. i almost did os 10 again mac os the the app itself actually isn't completely quitting if, if I'm doing something wrong, I w- I would love to hear it. Uh, we're, no, we're just gonna move on
0: this this will be an hour su- a, a derail. No,
1: give me give me the give me the two to three minute uh su- summary or the, the cliff notes, as you would say.
0: You're using it like Windows. Well, yeah, of course I am. You switched in like 2009. Well, actually, no, you haven't, because you still have a. Ah, you still use PCs on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, because I because I am a heavy Microsoft Excel user.
0: That has that has nothing to do with quitting an application.
1: Well, but it has everything to do with having the habits of a Windows user.
0: So, when you're on your Mac, do you have an issue uh, remapping yourself to Command instead of Control?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. This the struggle is real,
0: man. Well, on that note, just remember on inside OS 10, you have the option of uh, remapping
1: Mac, Mac, Mac OS. I think you're thinking of.
0: I'm not calling it that. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm going to write it Mac OS with a space in between them and a capital M. C- capital One, M, yeah. Once Sierra ships, but from now on, if for from until then, it's still OS 10. So in OS 10, you also do have the option of uh, if for you uh, remapping the Command and Control keys so that Control does what Command would do. So that way, you don't have to worry about it.
1: Mm, interesting
0: but um yeah I, okay you're welcome to use your computer however you want to but i would generally like just reorient yourself around using command w command q and command h all the time that just seems more sensible so that you're not using the mouse to close individual windows and then leave lingering applications open and you wouldn't have to close windows as often as you do
1: but to each their own well but so so but to be clear, so if I – I'm trying this now. So if I do Command-W and I, then I do Exposé, that window is still not there. So it's no different than just clicking the little X on the window. Like that behavior is exactly the same.
0: But you don't have to touch the mouse. And as somebody who is keyboard-driven in Excel, that seems like that would be desirable.
1: Well, I- in Excel, yes. But my MacBook Pro, which I use, I don't, I don't even have an external mouse hooked up to that. I just use the trackpad.
0: So you're using, like, the four-finger gesture for expose?
1: The, you know, infrequent uh, moment where I do use expose, yeah. Usually I'll just do the four-finger thing.
0: Okay. I, I I would try just, uh, get, uh, get get try using Command-H a lot for a week, and let me know how that goes. Con,
1: wait, command or control, did you say? Command. Command-H. What does that do? It hides applications. So what's the difference between Command H and Command
0: W? Command H hides something, and Command W closes a the window. They
1: both seem to have the same effect, from what I can tell.
0: Well, no, because if you do Command H, but then you you reopen the app, it's all still there.
1: Same thing with uh, Command W. No. with Slack, it's exactly the same behavior. That's what I'm testing with. Well, but it, pretend you right have now. an uh, you have something
0: open. Like if you Command W on a Safari, like on a Chrome window, all your tabs are gone. If you Command H on Chrome everything's just hidden from view for a moment.
1: Okay, I'm I'm testing this out now in Chrome. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Again, you're welcome, you're welcome to do whatever you like. Sorry. We we you're I I I'll give you some credit here cuz you, you I guess I I've, I've been kind of mean to you this show you said. Oh, you're fine. Um, now I think you are a you're a much more advanced computer user than I am. Perhaps. At least, particularly with OS 10, you are much more knowledgeable than I am,
0: and you still know. But you know how to build PCs, and I and I'm sure I could not get one to post on the first try.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what modern computers do anymore. That's that is still a, it's a, a very very nerve wracking experience.
0: I don't even know if they have BIOSes anymore. Yeah, I don't they even do know they, how you install do, one, but
1: it. they do. But they support like mouses now, where there's actually Did a, you say c- mouses? mice whatever there there's a there's a cursor in 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 a bios now it's like being in an operating system i don't even remember how do you
0: how do you when you're trying to install an operating system how do you even how, how do you boot off a usb drive
1: well you so Is there's there a, a key p- command yeah there, there's so you'll you when you when you boot up your pc your motherboard will typically have a splash screen that'll have you know the kind of like the the logo and then it'll have some keyboard shortcuts. And there'll be kind of two different ways. One will be getting directly into the BIOS, which is typically like F2. Um, or you can go to just a boot menu, which is literally just a you know simple list of all your different bootable devices, which is usually like F ten. And from there you can select your USB drive or your CD ROM drive, you know, whatever. Or I guess blue Blu-ray drive for all the 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 modern folks out there. A bag of hurt.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Mac Mac OS. Uh, So yeah, the big features. um, Siri Siri on the Mac—that's cool. Uh, The big thing that didn't get mentioned in the in the keynote at all is the new file system.
1: Yeah, I so I want to I wanted to get your take on that. What what do you think Apple's motivation was for? I mean, literally, not even it wasn't even like they you know just chose not to really demo it like they you know they would mention it but then not really go into too much detail you know they they literally didn't say the phrase at all on stage during the keynote so so it's not available yet so
0: i i assume that's most of the reason so i watched i watched the uh platform state of the union and also the specific wwdc developer session on on afps or apfs and the level of extent that they're going to build that support into OS 10 Sierra is going to be that uh, it's going to be able, able to be used on external hard drives only. It is not for primary bootable volumes. And in the beta builds, it's only going to be available for like disk images and that kind of stuff. So it's only going to be an option for bootable drives in 2017. So it doesn't really apply to this version of OS 10 anyway. So that's probably why they did it. But I think for a developer's conference, that's still important. And and it still seems weird that they didn't mention it, but I think it's probably just to avoid the confusion that it's not shipping in its full
1: form this year. That, That does really seem like a smart way to go. And this was another thing that Mike and Jason talked about on Upgrade, which is you try this new file system... Sort of in a in a non public way i mean it's it's you know in air quotes it's public in that it's not n d eight or anything, but it's not really it's not out there as like a marketing point or anything, and you have it so that it's really just for external drives off the bat, so that you know <laughs> if something does go terribly wrong, presumably having that happen on your external drive will be a little less devastating than on your you know your boot drive.
0: Yeah, and, and there are tons of warnings that the operating system throws up. They're making it so that it's only available through the command line to start, so it's not even available as an option in disk utility. So it would be extremely difficult for somebody to use it in unless they were intending to do so. So I mean, the operating system itself has a lot of really cool features that will make it better than HFS+. Plus. But um, yeah, it, it won't be something to, that anybody's going to concern themselves with for, for another full year or so. So that's fine.
1: So yeah, I, I don't I don't really know... What else there is to talk about with with macOS? I mean, in some ways, I know no,
0: there, there's a there's a ton. Okay, so uh, the proximity unlock for with the Apple Watch. Yeah, I
1: that that one's weird to me because they seem to kind of gloss over exactly how that worked. So
0: it's going to use a Bluetooth Low Energy connection that verifies that the Apple Watch is unlocked and on your person. And then use that as a, and I forget what, the, I think it was called time of flight networking or some, something. They use something to verify that you're actually within that distance from the computer and allow you to unlock your computer and that user account on OS X because you're wearing the watch.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think even your description right now, it it lacks some of the the detail that I would want with how that would work. Well, what is your concern, or, or, not, no, not, not a concern. I. It makes me think that there might be more to the, might be more to the story, and that maybe there's going to be a Mac with Touch ID.
0: Well, that that's what I'm hoping for because that goes to the next thing, which is uh, Apple Pay on the web, which is going to be that applies to iOS, but it also applies to OS X Sierra if you are using Safari, so of course not Chrome or anything else. So this only applies to people that are content using the the built-in web browser, but that links via continuity to your iPhone and uses the Touch ID sensor in your iPhone to enable payments on the web through Apple Pay. And that that entire demo just seemed like it was screaming out for there to be embedded Touch ID sensors inside OS X because that just seems... While it seemed easy, it seems just weird that
1: a second device is involved at all. Right, and it it you know it, Apple has a history of this not not so much with Mac OS, but definitely with iOS, where because they're on this this cadence where they announce the next major version of iOS in June and then ship the new phones in September. You can kind of, if you if you really look at the the details of the iOS announcement in in, in June, you can kind of start to see hints of where they're going to go hardware wise in the fall, and I think that might be happening with the Mac this time around. Where that whole demo of the yeah, what what did they call it? Remote unlocking. What what, what was it called? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that whole demo. Screamed of you know we're not quite ready to show you what the true hardware solution is going to be here. So you know for people who have existing Macs, here's what it's going to look like. Well, but because well, that
0: one that that actually kind of does seem like the way because the whole point of that one is that you do absolutely nothing to unlock your Mac. Like where the where the Touch ID fits in, that seems more like for an Apple Pay style thing because it, because that that avoids having
1: to touch the computer or your phone at all. Yeah, I I think that that's fair. The the unlocking piece seems to be somewhat plausible, but the the Apple Pay thing in particular, I, that doesn't seem very elegant. Because like even for me, like when I'm when I'm at my desk, um, like I'm, even right now here at home, and I'm on my Mac. I mean, my iPhone's in the room here, but it's not. I can't put my thumb on it, you know, right here. So but I
0: don't, you can also but uh if i understood the session right you can also confirm the payment through your apple watch
1: Oh really Mhm Interesting
0: because again that would be fine because it ne- as long as it that didn't leave your contact with your wrist or whatever it's it's still fine
1: See why didn't why didn't they mention
0: that during the keynote Cuz they want to keep it to 2 hours <laughs> Yeah i think that's fair Yeah um. So what else happened? Uh, universal clipboard. Oh yeah, that seemed pretty cool. I honestly haven't thought of them at that many times where I want to share it between those two.
1: Oh, but now gosh. that I think of it, I, I kind of I do. Oh yeah, no, it happens to me all the time where there's something that I see on my phone that I want to get onto my Mac, and and literally what I do today is all if it's like a link or something, I'll just Gmail it to myself. Which is so stupid, but oh yeah, no, I, I do that all the time. Yeah, I, I end up being yeah. I mean,
0: I I I guess maybe I don't notice it because I've I've found workarounds for it. Like I'll bookmark it to pinboard or I'll add it to to simple note. But yeah, that that actually seems really cool, and I enjoy that there's a timeout on it where after two minutes it just goes
1: away and your clipboard returns to normal. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that it, one thing that was interesting during the demo that I noticed was that there didn't seem to be an option whether you wanted to use kind of what I'll call the iCloud clipboard versus just your local clipboard. Like, you know what I mean? Where like during the demo, they would copy something on their iPhone. And then when they went to the Mac, there literally was just the the, the traditional paste option. There wasn't like, you know, paste from iPhone or paste from local. So it it really does seem like when you have this enabled, if you do copy something from your phone, and then if you were to immediately copy something on your Mac, like, I I don't know. It doesn't really seem like there's a way to differentiate those two. Maybe that's kind of an edge case, but I don't think,
0: yeah, I, I don't think they, they stated that, but also I don't think that would happen that often because you have that two minute timeout. And I, and I can't really think of a situation where, you would actually have gone through the trouble of of copying something off of your phone and then gone back to your Mac and wanted to copy something using the native clipboard within 2 minutes of doing that. Yeah. But no, I mean I'm 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 sure they have a way to disable that kind of stuff. So on top of that, they had a couple of other iCloud based features. They had um iCloud Drive is becoming
1: Dropbox basically. Do you remember yeah, that part? Yeah. Ba- basically like Th- that was a, that was another weird part of the demo where they, a lot of vagueness. Yeah. Well, and then they just like, they described the idea that everybody just dumps files on their desktop, which we, I don't. We, we, we could, yeah, we could do a whole show on that. That's, that seems kind of a weird thing to focus on. It's like, you know, now everything that's on your desktop is also just widely available everywhere. But it also synchronizes your
0: doc, your documents folder inside of your home folder, so it's not just the desktop. But, right. Right. But still, like with the un, with the notorious unreliability of iCloud, uh, or at least in my experience, that that doesn't seem appealing. So I would turn that off immediately. And I, I guess
1: well, and, and you know, you know, maybe maybe this is another edge case. I don't know, but you know, the true beauty of Dropbox to me is that it's a hundred percent cross platform. And it's it's not cross-platform in a way that you just kind of check the box. It's cross-platform in a way that it works really really well regardless of what platform you're on. And I mean I can tell you this as an iCloud user on Windows, iCloud on Windows is terrible, like even worse than iCloud is on you know Mac OS or iOS. So, like, for me, as someone who regularly goes between a Windows machine and a Mac, there is absolutely no way I would ever use this for syncing my files.
0: Yeah, I mean, until uh, iCloud gets, like, full cloud OS X backups, like, that's the only circumstance where I or I think I would want to use it. But, yeah, for folder synchronization, that kind of stuff, I I, I would much rather stick to Dropbox, even though I had that scare last week. Which seems to be just fine. I think it was just like a weird software. Update. Oh yeah,
1: I never, I never followed up with you on that. Is that, is that okay? I haven't noticed anything missing. Okay. I, I have backups, so it's fine. Well, you, you do now, thanks, thanks to me.
0: No, no, I was always doing backups. It was just the, the Synology I hadn't backed up.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, actually, my computer backs up to the Synology. So, well, but. <laughs> That that's what I was saying is you you back up to a local disk. It's no, no, not, I'm saying it's not I really I ba- backed up. But I back up to Dropbox
0: and I and I do a a hard drive clone monthly.
1: But that that's another physical drive in your apartment, right?
0: Mhm. Living <sighs> on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh picture in picture comes to to OS 10, but that's another Safari only feature, so check that off the list cuz no. And that's that's uh, well,
1: you mentioned you briefly mentioned tabs, which seems like well, yeah that that I think was probably like a throwaway thing, but apparently like
0: they're trying to eliminate the number of windows that people use on a regular basis uh, for some reason because people don't like expose. I, I don't I don't get it, but apparently yeah, instead of having multiple windows uh, inside like iWork or the Maps application, which does anybody use Maps on OS X? No, 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 no. You can have tabs now, which sure. But I think, like as Jason said, on upgrade, uh, nope. I'll will stick to my Windows.
1: Yeah. So I guess the the best way to describe this, folks, you know, given that describe this to folks, given that this is a an audio program, it's kind of like Finder in the current version of do Do we call the current version Mac OS or OS X? I guess we call it OS X, right?
0: It's It's always OS X.
1: Yeah. So then, the current version of OS X, if you if you go to Finder and you do Command T, you don't get a you know you get a new tab, not a new window. So, I think yeah. you mean Control T. No, I mean Command T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll accept your apology.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, trying to troll you. <laughs> All right, well that 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 about rounds it up uh, for uh, for OS X. Do you like the name, Sierra? I think it's fine. I think
1: I think I think I think it's mean I think it's crazy. I mean I think we even mentioned this during last week's show. I think it's it's crazy that they both did the, the OS ten to Mac OS change and they kept the silly California location name. I think but, ca- I think I called that though. You no, you did. You absolutely did. But I, I thought that was completely crazy. So d- did you think it was just gonna switch to being called Mac OS ten point twelve? No, I thought it was just gonna be Mac OS
0: then how would you how would you differentiate?
1: I thought we would go mac os this year and then maybe mac os two next year no well that's that's, that's what that's what we've done with every other o s every every other platform that's been named this you know blank o s has gone one two three four et cetera
0: but well but no though
1: because like but that's not
0: because it was iPhone OS one, iPhone OS two, and then when the iPad came out, it became iOS three. You, you—I don't think you can do that for a, a desktop computing platform that's existed for thirty years.
1: Well, okay, so fine then. Maybe you and, go and because there was a Mac OS one, the original Mac. Right. I don't know. I, I. It seems it. It seems it's fine. It's an elegant. Yeah. Well yeah, but I guess of of all the California names they could have come up with, Sierra is one of the ones that fits the best, I guess.
0: Mac OS Lake Mission Viejo.
1: <laughs> I, I... I think the uh I think I think Mac OS Spectrum could be pretty good.
0: Mac OS Saddleback. That's a yeah. Ooh.
1: That's pretty yeah, that's pretty good too. Yeah. Watch OS or iOS? I think I kind of want to save Watch for last because that's that's kind of the one I think I'm most excited about.
0: Okay, so iOS ten.
1: I, sorry, iOS space ten. I, iOS X. I think you're thinking of. Mm. <laughs> so
0: so I got a lot wrong here compared to last week. So a a newer. Uh, worse visual design in a lot of ways, but it was not the major redesign that I had predicted. Uh, we have extensibility throughout the operating system that's almost everywhere. There's these new like little mini applications that can run inside of iMessages, and or sorry, the Messages application, and uh, the Maps app, and a few other things. Um, Siri is now available for uh, third-party applications. Uh, HomeKit is now kind of like an actual thing. They're redesigning uh, music. 3d touch is now useful um there's a lot to unpack here
1: yeah there is um i think as you said the, the core is largely the same there seems to be some overarching visual changes with bolder fonts you know particularly in apple music which they they say has a from the ground up redesign (laughs) <laughs> Although, as you have smartly commented over the last week, I thought the original Apple Music was supposed to be that. So I guess, I guess we've had two ground-up refreshes in the last two years. But anyway, um, but that, that seems to be a theme with there's kind of a redesigned notification view that seems to have bolder fonts. Um there's a, a larger emphasis on 3D touch, it seems, where with notifications now, when you 3D touch them, you get much more detailed and rich ac- actions that you can take. So, you know, instead of just sort of the generic sort of home screen icon, you know, four option window that we get now, you'll actually have some other, you know, rich options like the couple that they demoed was with calendar, you're going to be able to view your availability, accept the invite, etc. Right from the kind of right from the home screen, or with messages, you'll be able to reply and actually follow the thread. Or what did what did Craig keep calling it? Which I thought was kind of interesting. He called it the the transcript. Was that it? I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now you have, like you have like uh, images are actually embedded inside of the notification, so there, there's there's a lot more. Uh rich things happening in notifications.
1: Right. Um, although the one thing that Jason on Upgrade talked a lot about was, so what what is all this new stuff? Like, how's it going to work for devices that aren't 3D touch enabled? Or is it just literally not going to be available on those devices?
0: I assume it won't, because the thing is, most of this isn't, it's just a different way of interacting with it. So like all, like when you 3D touch, on uh an app icon. That little uh customized like little view that you see there like they they the the demo of the ESPN application. Uh that is exactly just the notification center widget just popped over in 3D touch. So there's other ways to get to it. Because they didn't say anything about having a system-wide uh long press or some other type of interaction um mechanism that would allow somebody to access this in different ways. So I haven't seen anything in 3D Touch that would be exclusive to 3D Touch. It's just maybe not as easily accessible. And I assume there's banking on the fact that the success is now one year old and eventually things will just start dying off and eventually in a year or two, 3D Touch will be available on almost all devices.
1: Yeah, I I guess so. But it continues to seem... To be the same problem that we've seen with 3D Touch over the last year, which is until there's sort of a large number of devices out there that support it, it's hard to see developers really engaging with it.
0: Well, I think this is what they need to do, though, which is like on this one, at least they're trying to put some, uh, not necessarily unique, but some core functionality and some, uh, some interaction that's not completely superfluous. Uh, behind 3D Touch, so that you actually want to use it and it actually becomes a thing that people like. Whereas before it was just these these uh, half-assed shortcuts that didn't really do a whole lot. So I think they have to they have to start somewhere, and again eventually the hardware will catch up and it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean I will say good on Apple for at least setting the example. And you know last year they clearly didn't do that, where even their own apps. Use 3D Touch in a real half-assed kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. 2016, Apple is using their old ass. <laughs> That's right.
0: So, are you excited to be able to call Uber through Siri, or do you think you're still going to mainly use the app?
1: I think I'm still mainly going to use the app. I I don't know the the third party when I, you almost have to put third party integration of Siri in air quotes because it is just a it's a very limited number of third party apps that can actually use Siri. Mm. I mean it, it really is. It's just it's a ha- a handful of apps.
0: Well, no, what apps would you want to? So it allows you to use, uh, like ride hailing services, music applications, voice over IP applications, messaging applications and a few others. What what that's not listed in there would you feasibly be able to control
1: or do something useful through Siri? I think I don't know. I think like I don't. I, don't know, I think any sort. I think almost using Siri in a way that was sort of like 3D Touch, where if you wanted to quickly access something in an app, so like I guess I'm thinking of like, you know, like a a stock app, where if you wanted to get a a stock quote within, but an you can app do that quickly. now. Well, but not I'm not, not using Apple's crummy stock app. I'm talking about like the one that the third party stock app that you use on a regular basis. But if you're doing it by voice, you're still getting at the same data. Well, um, yeah, maybe I guess maybe stocks is like I an mean, example. Cause, like, isn't...
0: unless you're gonna say like, "Hey, uh, hey Siri, or hey Siri through 3D Ameritrade, buy 40 shares of uh,
1: what's a company?" Oh, I would, I would, General Electric. I would never ever trust Siri to purchase stock for me.
0: Well, then, 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 then they proved you right, or, or,
1: <laughs> or that's why it's not there. No, I think it. I think it's smart for Apple to have a limited rollout of this initially, but. I don't know. I, I still don't see myself using Siri a ton. I like it in uh, mainly
0: for driving because I don't use the music app all that often. My streaming service of choice is Spotify, and I would very much like to be able to search for music and address it through that or to be able to play specific Pandora stations by voice through Siri or to control Pocket Casts or or my podcasting client. Through Siri, so no, I I think there's tons tons of uses here. Even if you're not, not going to use it for ride-hailing services or like, and also like dictating uh, Slack messages and that kind of stuff uh, by voice, I I think all of that would actually be far more
1: useful. So this I'm pretty hopeful about. Yeah, but potentially, I just uh, Siri has been one of those things that I still just, I just I just, I just don't use. I, I don't I don't dislike it. I just in my day-to-day use of my iPhone, I just don't. I just don't regularly use Siri.
0: Yeah, we'll see when it comes out. Do you uh do you like the raised
1: wake feature? Potentially. I don't I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about that. Okay. It it sound it sounds like it could be kind of neat and it kind of sounds like it could solve for the Touch ID 2 being too darn fast problem. But yeah, I I
0: don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean that, that seems pretty neat. Uh the other kind of sleeper thing in there was that the that many of the core apps are now deletable.
1: Yeah, well, and they kinda unsurprisingly didn't highlight this during the keynote, which I I'm sure it's not something that Apple's going to you know, get out there and and brag about. But yeah, it it seems like you can. It, it's not really deleting the app so much as it is just eliminating the icon from your uh, launch board, or what what does Apple call it? Springboard. Springboard. Thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. During during the talk show, Craig talked about that, and it was all it's deleting is mainly the app icon, the user data, and uh, some of the hooks into the operating system. But this doesn't do what I thought it potentially would do. Like It's not a Google-style thing where Gmail is a separate application and the Google Search app is separate, so they can iterate on it faster than regular uh, operating system releases. It is something where all those app binaries still live inside the phone, and even if you delete everything that's possible to delete, you're only going to reclaim about uh, 150 megs of free space. So you're still going to have to wait for an actual operating system release to have an improvement to... Apple music or any of that kind of stuff. Right. So no, so there won't be updates that are being released through the App Store. And and this is mainly just a way to like uh to placate people who don't want to have Game Center or iBooks or the podcasting app uh on there. And for me I I will enjoy not having to have the Tips app on there. <laughs> yeah. What what's what's your um Apple
1: junkware folder called? I think it's just called iApps. It's not not very creative safe choice yeah. uh photos yeah that stuff that stuff seemed neat that actually that stuff seemed really neat it did and uh, again at the talk show they talked about this
0: at length uh, about like many people have said that like well this, this is doomed to fail and there's no there's no real way for uh apple to compete by doing like uh deep learning and this type of uh like scene identification that kind of stuff on device rather than doing it in the cloud versus like uh millions or hundreds of millions of uh, comparison data points against other people's photos but yeah craig and and phil both seemed really optimistic and that they had ways of going around this and having this work well on device so it 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 seems neat but it, it is just tricky that you're, each device is going to have to do this processing on its own because that stuff right now will not get synced up to the cloud.
1: Well, I think that is something to highlight about the keynote overall, particularly the iOS segment, which is, you know, Apple clearly is, as as you commonly put it, doubling down on privacy. Like that, that is something that they are coming back to again and again and again. And there really does seem to be a core belief within the company that all of this kind of cloud-based computation, which re- which requires, even if it's in a kind of a um, personal way or in a way that doesn't you know compromise any of your um, personal information, they really want everything to be done locally on your device in a way that they literally don't see any of it. So you know, well, I guess we'll we'll see how it works. But you know, if if nothing else, Apple is being a thousand percent consistent with how they view privacy.
0: And things I'm I'm fine with that. If if that if having a uh, an application, a photos application that's less capable than Google Photos, but that means that they keep their promise that photographs are end to end encrypted and they try to keep themselves out of as much as they possibly can on the device and knowing as little about you in order to kind of just protect your privacy, I, I'm completely for that. And OS and iOS 10 has a lot of other improvements for that, like now push notifications, which generally have not been encrypted, now have the option if the developer wants to be end-to-end encrypted. So they're, they're doing tons of stuff that um, is going to make that better. So I'm I'm glad they have this commitment to, to privacy, but that they're still trying to do interesting things on device to kind of match what other
1: people are doing. Yeah, I, I am too. But we'll, we'll have to see how it works. You know, I, th- I think skepticism is appropriately warranted here.
0: Yeah. Um, a
1: couple other uh, stray things.
0: Um, music storage optimization where you can say, like, I, I want like 8 gigs of my phone memory to be uh, reserved for the music I listen to most. That's kind of cool, and the HomeKit stuff is 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 kind of neat. That was always really really vague, and now that's gonna be solidified in its own application, and and that stuff's baked more into the operating system. Like, cause they redefined uh, Notification Center, whereas that's gonna be kind of like a multi-page thing now, which I'm I'm a little bummed because I I don't want to swipe a
1: screen over to get to like the playing shortcuts. Yeah, I mean, isn't that? I mean, for me, that's what I use Notification Center. The most is is for the music playing controls.
0: Yeah, that and the orientation lock, and and now that you have to swipe, that that seems a little, little, little crummy. But I, I'm sure it'll be fine. But um, and it, and yeah, it looks like all the notifications, uh, or sorry, the control center shortcuts are still not customizable. But yeah, apparently there's gonna be a third page on that if you have uh home smart home or home automation app um, peripherals that are compatible compatible with HomeKit. That those will be a a third sheet inside a control center. So that might be nice.
1: Yeah, I guess, so I guess the two thoughts I have there would be, one is it's it seems like it's crazy that there wasn't already just an Apple-provided HomeKit app prior to this. Like, it, it really does seem like that should have just been part of the initial rollout of HomeKit. But anyway, that's kind of water under the bridge now. But then the other thing with HomeKit just in general is, and you know, I'm biased, I'm someone who lives in a small studio apartment, but it does really seem to me that You'd have to have a handful of various HomeKit enabled devices, whether they be electronic blinds or light bulbs or your garage door or whatever, where something like HomeKit truly is going to be beneficial. And like what I mean by that is like, I think like with you, you, so you have just a handful of smart light bulbs. Is that right? That's kind of your only smart feature of your home. Correct. So like, you know, what they were demoing as part of this HomeKit app where you could press a single button to say, you know, getting ready for bed or whatever. Like, to me, just simply going over to one or two lights and manually turning them off seems to be like it would be actually quicker than going into the HomeKit app or going into the control center and swiping over twice. Like it seems like you really would have to have, you know, locking your front door, plus dimming the lights, plus uh lowering the shades. Like you you have to combine like three or four of those things together before it truly is going to be more efficient to open the HomeKit app or open uh Control Center. Or you
0: could just talk to the lady in the cylinder.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's did, did they did they talk about that? Like is is Siri integrated into the HomeKit stuff? I guess it's always been, right? Well that's 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 the weird thing.
0: And and, and that's the thing that kinda of bugged me about this is that Apple or when when Craig was talking, he he was saying like he acted like... Because he had mentioned that Apple had started HomeKit like two years ago and acted like they solved it. But HomeKit never really took off. Like for the first year, I think like in that whole entire year, only one thing shipped that uh supported HomeKit. And even when HomeKit was like out for its second year, it was still like really half-baked. It was vague and nobody really understood how to use it. And you can only use it through Siri. Otherwise, you had to uh, download the peripheral maker's application and then what was really the point. You can set these like weird convoluted scenes, but that uh, there was no way to manage them. So yeah, I, I just found it weird that they were acting like they're two years in and Apple's solving everything about home automation, but thus far they didn't really actually do anything about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you do need to kind of buy into the whole smart home thing and have like, um, like, a, a probably like four or more smart peripherals to all work together before any type of like comprehensive thing like this makes a lot of sense. Otherwise, yeah, you can just use, um, an Amazon Echo or something like that, or just the standard app to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So the, I mean, I guess the other big thing that we have to mention yep. with with iOS uh, 10 is messages, and how there's there's never been an Apple keynote that's made me feel older than this one,
0: or like, or more American. So this, is, do you use Facebook Messenger? Because I still don't. I,
1: I do. Um, yeah. Is that I, I is I do. that heavy
0: on the stickers?
1: It it can be if you want it to be.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, so, so that's the thing is that they they. I I think that Apple finally realized that messaging is is a big thing, and that in that WeChat and WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and all this other crap, like it, is what most people are doing on their on their iPhone and they want to they they think that messages and iMessage can be more of kind of like a vendor lock-in type thing. I know that's not how they're selling it, but that's that's the motivation behind this. But yeah, I mean they're just they're just going nuts on on iMessages. Like it it's uh it's gotten more reliable over the years, but now they're just trying to make it so that you just spend all your time in iMessages so that you're not going to other services. So you have you have stickers, you have uh, applications inside of iMessage. Like there's a whole iMessage app store now where you can do you can do Square Cash, you can do whatever whatever the hell jib jab is. Um you can do all this kind of stuff and, and iMessage just got way more complicated and like it's I guess for young people it's fun, but it seems like it, it's 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 a madhouse now.
1: So I mean not to just keep referencing upgrade, but this, this week's episode was was really good as I guess most weeks on that show are but I think Mike had said I forget if it was Mike or Jason. I think I think it was Mike that basically described messages as like all all this new stuff that they rolled out the only time he's ever going to use it is when he's looking to troll Jason. And I like and when he said that like it resonated with me was because that was exactly the thought that I had too, which is I'm only ever going to use all this annoying new like animation stuff and stickers and all this all this other junk, like to troll Carlos. That's how I use. That's how
0: I use digital touch. Yeah,
1: so. it, 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 that's exactly right. Where you're you're literally the only person I've ever done that stupid like heartbeat and like drawing thing with. And it's, it's, you know, I, I feel like this is exactly the same way We're like I'm, I'm never, ever going to use this stuff in, in normal conversation. But, and the, and the reason I made that comment that I feel old is because I, I totally get a thousand percent get that, you know, this is used with younger audiences here in the U S. And like you made the American comment, this is something that's totally used abroad with other apps, so like I I a thousand percent get why Apple is doing this, but I can't remember another major Apple feature that I've felt so left behind with.
0: Yeah, so let me uh, let me send you a link. But um, yeah, if you go to on Apple.com, if you go to the iOS 10 preview page, like it's a long page, but literally seventy percent of it. It's all just crap you can do in messages. Wow,
1: which is yeah. which,
0: which is just nuts. Like I mean, so you can do uh, so. Actually, one thing they they brought digital touch, probably the least used feature, on the Apple Watch. Uh, to this, you can do uh, like invisible ink. Actually, seems kind of cool. That that one I'll, I'll totally give them, but but the bubble effects and the and and these be, uh, full screen background images and stuff like that seems less than again i i don't, don't want to just kind of like uh, crap all over it, it because this this just this, this, this doesn't speak to me but i'm sure this is going to be really fun for a lot of other people and i think this will probably stem people from going away uh to other services because i think that's like facebook is is constantly trying to shove people into, into facebook messenger and and whatsapp is popular and all this other stuff is going on so i'm 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 sure this this will work out well for them because people people do like iMessage and it's gotten more reliable. Uh, one thing I like that the, I don't know if this is like only a Slack thing, but they they've stolen the idea of or they've they've adopted the idea of rich links. That I really really like.
1: Yeah, that that I like, and I also will admit that I really like the tap to replace emoji feature. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really smart. Because
0: that actually works better
1: than the Gboard thing. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is that people, in- including you, think you and I, have been really calling for Apple to integrate some type of search feature for their emoji keyboard. And th- this actually seems to be <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be an even smarter way to do it.
0: So I was thinking about we, uh, our week breaks, and if I would just if we had to type the word cactus, cactus, cactus.
1: <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. So I have a question, and, and I, I haven't watched any sessions on this, but. Does the is that emoji keyboard iMessage exclusive, or is that system wide?
1: Yeah, I don't know. They they didn't make that clear. Um, that's vague. I. I would imagine it's just on the stock keyboard. If I had to guess.
0: No, no, I mean, is it system-wide, or is it just iMessage? Like, does it apply to everywhere if you're using the default keyboard, oh, or is it just oh. inside iMessage?
1: I thought you meant, like, if you use a third-party keyboard, could it also do, like, a tap to replace all?
0: No, I doubt it.
1: Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Hey, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Yeah, like, but, but yeah, just, I, again, I don't want to be negative. Just most of this seems like it, it just doesn't apply to me. Um, but yeah, the, the app itself seems really complicated now. Um, so for like older folks, and I mean people older than us, this seems like this just might have really complicated texting.
1: Uh, maybe, but it, it does feel in a lot of ways that a lot of this stuff is superfluous if you want it to be. But like if you look at
0: the uh, like the top left image on the iOS 10 preview page, there's now like the where the name shows up, that's different. There's now like the. Oh well, text. Like, can
1: we can we pause there just for a moment? Mm-hmm. So in I think it was iOS nine, or it might have been iOS eight, but I think it was iOS nine. They introduced the ability to have the this this kind of bubble image of your contacts, just like when you when you're in the main messages app and you see your you know list of most recent um, transcripts, as Craig's would say, as Craig would say. Um, there by default there were instead of just saying their name, they would have the little bubble picture of, of your contact. So if you didn't have a picture of your contact, it would just show their initials in a great bubble. And there there is the option to turn that off, thank goodness. And the thing that I thought about constantly while during this part of the keynote was I really, really, really hope that we can disable the bubble on the top of the transcript. Because I, I hate that a lot
0: yeah i think when that came out with ios 7 or iOS eight i was like i just like started scraping people's facebook pages to get like a photo for that and then i just gave up and like this this is dumb yeah it's terrible and also uh, yeah so but on that specific yeah i hope that's disableable or um or could be customized but also like if you look at that page you now see like that at the bottom like you have you have the camera button you have a heart with two weird fingers on it you have an app store shortcut for some reason, and you have a microphone icon. Like this, just seems for people who just want simplistic messaging that this is way more complicated than it needs to be.
1: Yeah, I I, I do agree with that.
0: Like if like if there's just like a, a toggle that said like turn off the young people stuff. I I, I think <laughs> genuinely no, but I think genuinely that would, that would make this a lot better because that is one thing that like people can pl- complain that iOS in the past has been. Uh, inflexible, lacked customization features and kind of lagged behind Android in that respect. But most things were v- generally not complicated. And this seems complicated.
1: One thing that I'm interested to see too is, I mean, this this will become less of an issue over time, certainly, but it, particularly early days of iOS 10, what's all, what's all this stuff going to look like if you try to do it with someone who is running iOS 9 or earlier? That's a
0: good point. Hmm.
1: A- again, it- it's one of those things that'll not be an issue over time, or be less of an issue over time. But I mean, you know, there are still people who use older iPhones.
0: No, that makes sense because I was I was going to say, well, like of course it's not going to work with your Android friends, or like the green bubbles would be a, a, a total tip off. But yeah, with iOS, it's a, it, somebody on iOS nine that seems. Well,
1: seems that's tricky. That's a good point too, because it now the differences between texting someone who doesn't have iMessage versus someone who does has been, you know, relatively small. Like you don't get the delivered, you know, delivery receipts and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, now the difference is much more dramatic. Yeah. The, the, the app store thing, which you, which you briefly mentioned earlier that I don't, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I, I'm not, I'm not really sure how useful that's going to be.
0: It's all about stickers.
1: Yeah, stickers and like the, the payment stuff they demoed.
0: Like the square uh, square cash integration actually seems kind of neat, and and, I, and that's the whole thing with like the app extensions and, and like Lyft and that kind of stuff. Um, like that seems neat, but like this this jib jab stuff. And I assume like Giphy will make a thing. Like this all seems. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not for me.
1: Yeah, man. Not 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 for me either.
0: Um, and then. Yeah, to round it out, I think yeah, Maps got an update, but that's that's fine. None of that's gonna apply because I don't think I'll switch away from Google Maps.
1: Yeah, the have the big new Apple News update. Don't forget about that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think that rounds it up for iOS. Uh-huh. Yeah, looks looks it looks interesting. I, I visually I don't I don't love the look of it because it also seems very inconsistent in a lot of places, but
1: yeah.
0: Hmm. All
1: right. Rounding it out. WatchOS? Mm-hmm. So the, I think of the four platforms they discussed, th- this is the biggest deal, I think. Probably the least
0: important revenue-wise, but probably the biggest deal to nerds.
1: Yeah. and Well, I think one of the, the big takeaways from this is this is clearly an example of where Apple... Is admitting they got it wrong,
0: without admitting it at all. Without admitting
1: it at all, right? But but
0: because in, I like I watched under no circumstance did they say, "Oh, the people didn't use it the way we expected," or they didn't say anything to suggest they got it wrong. They're just like, "I think we found a better approach," <laughs> which is fine. Which
1: is smart. That's it's yeah right. I mean, it's fine. They don't use the exact words we're maybe looking them to use, but conceptually, Apple clearly knows that. Some of the things in Watch OS 1 and 2 were not working. You know, the most obvious of which is, you know, the Apple Watch has really only got two buttons on it. It's got the digital crown, and then it's got the other kind of um, circular kind of. The Friends button. The, right. The front It was previously just the Friends button, but there's this other dedicated hardware button that tapped into the feature that. Literally no one I know who has an Apple Watch used ever. So, you know, now that's being used for the dock, which seems to be a, you know, a much more logical place to to regularly go to. So, you know, things like that indicate that Apple is, you know, if not overtly, at least, you know, covertly admitting that they, they got wrong initially. Yeah,
0: based based on everything I've seen, it looks like the honeycomb screen is not dead yet, though. But instead, you now have... So there's a couple new UI conventions. So uh, glances are gone. Uh, The friends button is now the dock button, which allows you to to explicitly customize and store your 10 favorite applications there, uh, which is a hard limit. You can now do uh, multiple watch faces that you no longer uh, force press to change you can now just do an edge-to-edge swipe to move that stuff around some new watch faces and other stuff so it it seems like a pretty comprehensive update and yeah they've they've gotten rid of glances which are now kind of just the natural state of applications when they're in the dock which makes a lot uh, a lot of sense and with kind of the improvements they're making to backgrounding and background app refresh which is new for the watch it sounds like responsiveness and app launch times are going to be kind of fixed. So it actually might work out the way people want it to.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I, I really hope so. I think if everything they demoed with Watch OS 3 works as it was demoed, the watch could become a lot more useful. Do you think that changes sales of it at all?
0: Like do you think people are buying not buying it now because it's a mediocre product? Or do you think, because like the sluggishness and the kind of stuff that people like us complain about having owned it for months or or years, that's not something that you would find out in a store. So do you think this does, that this changes kind of the product's trajectory for success or failure?
1: I don't. Mm-mm.
0: It just allows people who have it to maybe dislike it less.
1: Right. No, I think, I think the, the, the Apple Watch's fundamental problems are A lot of people just don't wear watches, and the people who do wear watches frequently like nicer watches or more design-oriented watches. And then the other big thing is a lot of people just don't want a a smartwatch. Like That just is not something that they're really interested in. Like with notifications and all the other things that, that you and I use the watch for, people are just perfectly content. Accessing those things on their phone. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I would maybe describe it differently. I would just say that, like, it seems like for a lot of people, it the watch seems inessential.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's it, it's, it's more right.
0: of that. Like, I'm I'm not necessarily sure that a lot of people have um, like a like a religious objection to to either wearing a watch or like the the styling of it because I think Apple probably does a pretty good job of making it as palatable as as could possibly be to most people from like a fashion perspective i just think that most people maybe think it's the apple hasn't been able to build a case of why it 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 just works perfectly and why you you why you why you need it
1: well, i think maybe what i was trying to get at is it, it just it's just become common that a lot of people don't wear watches that's just just a, a natural thing that's happened over time
0: yeah, I mean, like I I didn't wear one for for a decade.
1: Right, right. But I but a lot of people in that type of scenario, just you know, even with Apple Watch coming out, have been like, eh, I just you know, I don't wear a watch. And then what I was also trying to say was, you know, the people who do wear a watch, you know, frequently or in many cases will choose a watch, you know, because it's it's something like a you know a, a Rolex or like a Kate Spade or you know something that's very design focused or very fashion focused. And I agree that Apple's done a commendable job of making the Apple Watch look really nice, but it's still it, it's not on par with something like a like a Rolex.
0: Yeah, or, or your Michael Birch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just I just think the I just think like the the concept of a smartphone, that appeals virtually to everybody. Whereas the concept of just a watch, let alone a smartwatch, that that just doesn't have the same type of appeal. To continue my streak of making bad
0: predictions, I I will say that once contactless payments and, and Apple Pay become more widespread, and if the software improvements in this actually end up being improvements, I think in a year, Apple Watch probably turns it around. Because I think that's the point where you can say, you know, what, this is great, or or this this is this is really good, and you'll like this. I don't think it's going to sell like in parity to the iPhone, but I think because like, do, wouldn't you say that Apple Pay is probably one of the best parts of the watch? Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. But it's not available in enough places where you can probably confidently tell somebody to go buy one, right? So once that happens, I think I think it's pretty good because the notification stuff
1: is other than like that like six week dark period we had. Pretty good. Can I w- one little side note though, with, with that Apple Pay watch discussion, the talk about first world problems, but I'm just going to put it out there. It's it's really common, and I the, the two examples of it I've seen recently are Pete's and AT and T Park, which is their NFC card readers are positioned in such a way that make it really awkward to use your wrist. Like you can use your phone fairly easily and in a way that seems kind of natural but if you go to try to use your apple watch you have to kind of angle your wrist and your arm in a way that just makes you look kind of funny i don't i don't like that
0: yeah i haven't found that but i haven't been to a pizza in forever
1: yeah and it, it was particularly egregious at at&t park when i went yesterday where the 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 nfc reader was kind of low and it, it was vertically oriented so you had to kind of I ended up just using my phone cuz so I didn't even want to bother with my Apple Watch. Again, it's it's a quest
0: to not be that guy. Riggs exactly. In italics. Mhm. Um what uh how common is uh NFC or contactless payments at at at, at the ballpark?
1: It it seemed to be kind of everywhere.
0: Where did you, where did you use it specifically? I used a it e- diner.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's it's exactly where I used it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it seemed to be yeah, it seemed to be everywhere. Hmm. I think. AT, I mean, isn't AT and T? Don't they even use the like the the Bluetooth thing that Apple rolled out that nobody else uses the iBeacon thing? Yeah, I, think, I don't think so. I think you No, know, they. I think they do. I think they're one of like three places in the world that does. Well, what's what's the benefit to the user? Oh, I, I don't know. It it shows you that's like i guess they shows you like a detailed map of where you are and then it also shows you but where what do you mean like where on your phone oh i like do you have to like access access it through like an app or something i don't know you tell me yeah i, I don't know i didn't i didn't use that
0: no oh. yeah all right so yeah so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for the watch. I th- uh, everything I saw looks extremely promising. Uh it sounds like complications are going to get a lot better. Uh the, like it looks like they're very very much uh, ad, ad, uh they're settling without like out, without admitting fault uh that the that the watch was extremely slow and that they're fixing that. And, and I'm I'm very
1: hopeful. So thumbs up. Yeah, the definitely WatchOS three is the thing that I'm most excited about. The only thing that
0: concerns me just is that this, and I, and I think it's gonna be different this time, but this sounds exactly like what WatchOS two was.
1: Yeah, uh, do you
0: remember I, what the like? Oh, we got we got native apps. It's faster. Everything everything's better, and it wasn't at all.
1: Yeah i I had similar thoughts during the keynote, but in look, particularly in looking at the new dock th- that does seem like something truly different. Yeah. But, but we'll see.
0: Well, and, and everything they've done. And again, this like, this was in a session. I saw that like pretty much everything they're doing is to make it so that fewer taps are involved. So when you're setting a timer, the very first thing you see is a single tap to set one of the four most common timers. Like, inter- uh, like notifications are more interactive. Everything is engineered so that you tap less. Like when you, when you start a workout, it it's gonna be a, a single tap to start one rather than three taps. So it it looks good. Yeah. Looks good. Mm-hmm. All right. It's enough Apple stuff. Yes. For now. I'm gonna let you talk about gaming. Or I'm gonna encourage you to talk about gaming because this is your domain.
1: Yeah. Well I mean this is this is a this honestly is a really cool week for me in that and this has happened the last two or three years where WWDC and E3 have been the same week and that basically just combining my two favorite things. So that that's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Big Microsoft week.
1: Uh-huh. Although E3 has now <laughs> become this weird thing where, you know, as we've covered on the show, most of the major publishers don't participate or they they do participate but they're they're doing their own thing which isn't, you know, officially um, part of E3, so like EA is doing their own event where they they don't have a booth on the show floor, but they they have this whole other event just kind of down the street from the LA Convention Center. Um, I mean, quite literally, one of the gaming sites that I follow, they recorded a podcast where their hosts were just sitting on the floor in the convention center because there was this huge open space. Whereas, like, I actually got to go to E3 in. Uh, 2006. And I mean, there, there was no way you could have just like sat on the floor somewhere in the convention center. I mean, that thing was packed corner to corner. So it, it's, it's become a very, it's become a very different event. And I think it's, it's followed the, the path that a lot of these events have, which is because it's so easy for companies just to directly reach out to their audiences. Like the need for a centralized show like this has almost completely evaporated. So yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what E3 becomes over the next handful of years, and I, th- I think it's really easy to see a scenario where it basically becomes like, or it basically what happened in MacWorld happens to E3, where it's you know technically still an event that happens, but it's it it just becomes something that doesn't have nearly the same amount of relevance that it once did. But you know, this year's show has still been interesting. Um I mean the the, the big players are still there, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. And I think of those three, Microsoft has been the the most interesting. Um, and, you know, they've kind of had to be in a lot of ways where they are by every measure behind in this measure or in this generation of consoles. And so they, they I think they, they, they were the ones that really needed to come out and, and and do something big. And they kind of did. They, they, they fleshed out a lot of their Xbox PC cross compatibility. It's their Xbox play anywhere initiative where, Gears of War 4 and a handful of other games they've got coming out this fall are going to be not only cross-compatible between Xbox and PC, but also cross-buy, meaning that if you buy the game on Windows 10, you're also going to have access to it on your Xbox and vice versa. So this really does seem to be, you know executing on the idea they've brought up before which is allowing people to just game seamlessly across their windows pc and uh, their xbox which all all that seemed pretty neat but then i think where xbox got or microsoft got even more interesting with the xbox and perhaps a little bit more controversial is in their hardware strategy where uh, as the rumors before the show suggested they announced two different boxes: the the Xbox One S, which is something that's going to be out in August. It's a slimmed down version of the current Xbox One, with a couple of small features. It's going to have 4K video support for like Blu-ray and for Netflix, and then also HDR support. So, was uh, it high dynamic range lighting for for games? So, kind of whatever that means for gaming but but by and large it's just a smaller version of the existing box but then they also announced this whole project scorpio initi- initiative which they have which is going to be a significantly more powerful xbox which is coming holiday 2017 so with like within a span of 30 minutes they talked about both this new box that's coming out soon that you should buy but then also this more powerful box coming out next year, which you should also buy, I guess. So it was a very, I don't know, kind of a mixed, uh, kind of mixed message they were sending.
0: The most interesting part to me was, was really the, this like convergence thing that they're trying to do with, with the PC and the Xbox gaming. I, I, I like the whole thing with the, with the, the one is, is the one S the one that's coming up coming out almost immediately. Or is that the one that's delayed for a year?
1: Yeah, the the one S is the one that's coming out in August.
0: Yeah, I mean that seems fine. I, I wasn't. Uh, I like. Does did the original Xbox One have any like hardware issues, or was it like really noisy or or bulky? Just really bul- the- really bulky. Yeah. Did it? Does it have an external power supply? Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Does the new one have an external power supply? No. Nice. But yeah, I mean, it seems more interesting of of the the. PC gaming thing that they're doing that that honestly strikes me as more the interesting news. Like how how do they how do they guarantee the performance?
1: Well, yeah, I mean that's so this this convergence of PC gaming with console gaming goes beyond just this Xbox Play Any, Anywhere initiative. There's also just this idea that, you know, both with Microsoft and So Sony went an even crazier route with their new hardware, where they didn't formally talk about it at their keynote, but but prior to E3, Sony came out and confirmed the rumors that they are working on a more powerful PlayStation 4, but that they weren't going to talk about it at E3. But so you've got both companies who have now publicly come out and confirmed that they're working on new boxes that are going to be completely compatible with you know the existing software library and games that come out post this new hardware which is something that's never happened before with consoles you know you've you've never really had it where a new box has come out and it's just a more powerful version of the the previous console you know it's it's typically been where when you've got a major new console release it's basically a whole new platform. You know, maybe the name is the same, you know, maybe it's still an Xbox or it's still a PlayStation, but everything other than the name is completely different. And you know, in the case of the more recent Xboxes and PlayStation's, you haven't even had backwards compatibility out of the box, let alone compatibility going forward with current titles. So it it's a completely new strategy for the the console gaming market. And it's The the, the most interesting thing about it to me is it seemingly eliminates the main advantage that console gaming had, which was that you were basically guaranteed performance. You know, a a game that runs on one Xbox is going to be the same as another Xbox and just simplicity across the entire platform where you didn't have to worry about, you know, which version of the hardware you had or anything like that. Which are you know, which are issues that you have on the PC gaming side. So it's just I don't know. It's it's becoming harder and harder to make a case for having like a standalone console as opposed to just having a PC.
0: Hmm. I, I would say the opposite. When, is PC gaming like honestly? I, and I don't mean this in a, in a trollish way, but is PC gaming really that much of a thing? Like is isn't uh, console gaming cheaper and simpler from that perspective isn't pc gaming more of just like a, a, a super enthusiast
1: type thing so pc gaming's had somewhat of a resurgence in the last few years with you know due in large part to like the steam store and the steam platform and i think what's really appealing to pc gaming is the fact that you you basically have access to everything so you're not you're not really not locked to a single platform. And really by by and large, most major titles now come out on the PC, whether they first come out on the Xbox or PlayStation. They 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 usually come out on the PC now. And I think that's really appealing to people who want to be able to play like a little bit of everything. So I no, I I would see it the other way, where I think hey, cost is an issue. I, I grant you that. But if you are able to, you know, afford a a solid PC, it's it's kind of the best way to go for gaming. Hmm.
0: And then what's what's the deal with the uh PlayStation four and a half?
1: Well, like I mean, like I said, they Sony came out and confirmed that they were working on it, but they But no actual sub- substantive news. Right, exactly. They did not mention it at all in their keynote, and in fact when they confirmed it prior to the show, they explicitly said, Hey, we're not gonna talk about this at E three. Hmm. So yeah, weird, really weird year for console gaming in particular.
0: Yeah, sounds right. Sorry, I got nothing.
1: Yeah, that's that. That's okay. Gaming, gaming is my corner. You've you've got your uh, OS 10 or Mac OS keyboard shortcuts, and I've I've got got, my I got my Command H. That's all I need. Exactly.
0: Uh, last final observation: Xbox One S, terrible name.
1: Uh, really bad name, and it sounds like an
0: HTC phone. But also it looks it looks like a PS4.
1: Well, and it also they're only making it available in white, which I is just Well it match your TiVo bolt. Ugh. <laughs> Didn't you sell your Xbox? Yeah, they did, but the, the Xbox One they they offered in in black right out right from the start. But now they're going back to what they did with the three sixty, which is they only had it in white from the get go. And that's just ugh.
0: What's, what's the, is, isn't there some like a uh, controversy over the controller or am I making that up? You're, you're making that up. Could have sworn there was uh, people were mad about the controller for some reason.
1: Uh, maybe what you're thinking of is they announced this, but it's, it's actually really cool. It's, it's called their Xbox design studio and you can, you can go and you can completely customize a controller with all the, the colors you want it to be. And I think people were upset. It was, it's like 70 or $80 to, to do that. Gotcha. But it, it but it's it's cool but yeah I think maybe people got upset about the price all right well we're we're running really really long which I, which I kind of, <laughs> kind of expected us to so I, I would propose that we maybe talk briefly about the the talk show live and then jump into picture of the week and paper cuts sure okay
0: yeah to talk show live was nice uh it- to uh, that was the WWDC edition of the live recording of John Gruber's t- uh, podcast, and uh, he had uh, two blockbuster guests last year. Uh, he had uh, Phil Schiller. This year, he doubled down and got Phil Schiller and Craig Federighi, and pretty great.
1: So what it seemed like the the takeaway for most people was that the the Craig Federighi that we get on stage is the real Craig Federighi.
0: He seems like probably the the, the coolest guy working in Apple. Yeah, like uh, very very lively, very straightforward and to the point, and in, incredibly smart. Um, yeah, and and during the show, he probably did maybe eighty percent of the talking, uh, compared to to Phil's uh twenty percent. And and yeah, just a lot of good insights all all the way around. Poke some fun at competitors, but um. Yeah, very very informative, and I thought thought it was great,
1: and very self aware, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know how it would have worked if uh, Eddie Q had been the guest. Oh, he seemed like he had a really uh, off he
1: had a off keynote. Yeah, he had a rough keynote. He really did.
0: And as somebody who's not, I I don't love public speaking. I, I'm I'm nobody to judge, but yeah, it was yeah it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But but again, he's saddled with the music stuff. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah. But yeah, that was cool. Um, there should be an audio and video podcast version that'll be available soon. But yeah, uh, same venue as last time. Yeah, pretty good. I should have some photos up on Flickr pretty soon, but um, yeah, good times.
1: Is it is it worth watching the video version, do you think, or should I just listen to it in audio form?
0: Uh, I don't...
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's good. Now I'd watch part of it on video, and if it doesn't catch your interest, then maybe switch to audio. But no, yeah, Craig's pretty good.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But WWDC goes on for another uh, two days or so, and then the city will clear out for a while until, yeah, the next thing.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, button this up and let's do some picks of the week. Okay. Let you
1: go first. So my pick of the week is the Bose Quiet Comfort 35.
0: Did you buy them? I did. They're out already?
1: Yeah. So I've had them for about two weeks now and have been using them quite a bit at work and then also used them on a trip that I took this last weekend. I, I took them on, on the plane. And they're they're pretty great. So previous to these for noise canceling headphones, I had the qc15s which i got three or four years ago so i've you know been had those for quite a while and you know the the qc35s are they're really good um i'm starting to become a huge fan of wireless headphones you know that they have their obvious shortcomings but it is really really darn nice not having a cord you know particularly when you're traveling and even when I'm at work with my Mac, I find that just not having that cord between my laptop and my headphones is really really nice um, and yeah I mean everything else about them seems good you know the the sound quality I think is solid the the comfort is definitely there i mean they're they're pretty much like my q c 15s but they're they're wireless and that that has that has huge benefits so are you able to use them wired? You are, and that's actually what I was going to get into next, which is another feature that I really appreciate about them, is that they also work in a wired mode. So if I want to do something like, on this trip that I just went on, where the lady friend and I wanted to watch something together on my iPad, I could just hardwire my my headphones just like I would with my QC15s and use my headphone splitter. So that was really nice. Dynex? Yeah, yeah. It is my my Dinex headphone splitter.
0: Um because I tried this on the on the AE2Ws, is the audio quality worse if you use them wired or did they change that?
1: It it seems to be the same. I, I I'll be I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm in the minority here, but I actually have never found the sound quality on either my QC15s or the QC35s to be fantastic. I think with any sort of noise-canceling headphone I've used, the the sound quality is fine. It's not bad, but it's also not amazing. Huh. So I wasn't going into this really expecting the sound quality to be incredible. Um, and I also will say that I, I, I think that the noise-canceling on the QC35s might not work as well as the qc15s like it it seems like it doesn't block out as much noise i it might totally just be in my head but like i haven't done any sort of like detailed side-by-side testing but it seems like it might let in a little bit of excess outside noise i i, I can't really tell but e- even if that is the case just the, the fact that they're wireless and the fact that they're rechargeable whereas like with my qc15 i just had to put a triple a battery in them Um. Those two things alone make it a make it a worthwhile upgrade for me. I'd say if you had maybe a more recent quiet comfort headphone, you know, I, I don't I don't know if if just the wireless feature is worthwhile for you, but for me, as somebody who has an older set of these things that still uses like a regular battery, this is a pretty pretty solid upgrade for me. And they also the other thing I actually really appreciate too for traveling is they they fold down really small. So the, the carrying case is much, much smaller than my QC-15.
0: Do they, just the ear cups fold in flat or do they fold into themselves? They
1: kind of fold into themselves. It's kind of hard to describe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed when I heard that they, they came out because I, cause I, I bought two of the QC-25s. And, and, and they're good. And I think the sound quality is really, really great. But yeah, wireless is nice. And I'm
1: sorry, are these rechargeable? Yeah, they are.
0: Even for the noise canceling part? Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah.
1: So, that, you know, I don't, I actually don't think I'm going to wear them every day at work like I have been lately. That's a little overkill, but for definitely for traveling, noise canceling headphones are a must have. And the fact that these things are rechargeable and wireless, yeah, I mean, that, that, that pretty much seals the deal for me. Little, little pricey. I I don't, I don't love the price, but this 300 350 350 but you know the qc15s i had for like three or four years i'll easily have these for that long if not longer so it ends up being a purchase that i think pays for itself over the long run
0: yeah well cool all right so i got two picks of the week i'll make them quick so the first one this is definitely an ios 9 pick uh it's an app called let me get a get a link for you uh, it's called Cesium. Have I talked about this before? You have not. Okay. Um, it is this. So this is an alternative music player for iOS. So if you're somebody who hates the current incarnation of the music player app on iOS, this is one that is that looks beautiful, works perfectly. Like every every single UI decision, like has been well thought out and and is is the level of polish you expected from apple in the ios four days if you know what i mean um very very customizable still works with iCloud music i don't know about apple music because i'm not a not a subscriber for that but it, it it is just perfect and and i love it so good
1: huh yeah i just i whereas messages made me feel old. I guess music makes me feel like I still I'm still hip. I I don't I don't listen to locally downloaded music at all. I stream I stream everything.
0: So, so you're 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 too lame for uh, for iMessage stickers, and you're too cool for uh, local music. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and no, and I and I use Spotify a ton, but for certain things of music, I like really really like or that i want to like permanently own that i still purchase or or do something with and that's in my permanent music library so yeah that's that's my pick for people who are dissatisfied with the uh, ios 9 music player and if we're being honest probably will continue to be disappointed with the (laughs) ios 10 music library because it looks like all they did was just add some really uh thick weight weighted san francisco font and that's about it um yeah, And then my uh, second pick, uh, which would be a quick one, uh, Trader Joe's now has uh, ghost pepper potato chips back in stock. They were gone for about nine months, and they're back, and they're delicious.
1: You, you don't strike me as a spicy food kind of guy.
0: Oh, then you don't know me at all.
1: Oh, maybe I don't.
0: Yeah, spicy foods are great. Foods that are excessively spicy for zero reason, I take issue with. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't like the hot sauce people. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. Yeah. Do you know any?
1: Oh, yeah. I absolutely do.
0: Not hot sauces. Hot sauce people. Yeah. Okay. But you're not one of them.
1: Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah,
0: you either either get Tapatio or you get some uh, good salsa or something else. But otherwise, you you just stop right there. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they're delicious. Uh, Just go, go to your local Trader Joe's. You can pay with Apple Pay there. Be on your merry way. I recommend stocking up because last time they were only available in stores for like two months and then they replaced them with some ghastly sriracha flavored potato chips <laughs> and it was it's an abomination.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Might have to make that a more regular thing having the, the Trader Joe's picks. I like that.
0: Yeah. People got two for the price of one day on a, on a super-sized episode. That's right. All right. We got to rename Paper Cuts eventually but uh, last one there I'll I'll jump on this one. Do you ever have a thing where, and I forgot the whole point of the segment, so this might not actually qualify as a paper cut, but you you text somebody something, or you you send them a message, and there was clearly a question inside of the message, and then their reply doesn't acknowledge the question, or they just say okay?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah,
0: that... This week, particularly, is driving me fucking nuts.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That's it. Yeah. No, that, that that that's a good one.
0: Like, there was clearly a question mark. I'm not, like, it wasn't a difficult question. You, d- like, don't say, okay, like, you got my message. I understand. It said delivered. Answer the question. Hmm. It's been a stressful week. Yeah. What about you, sir?
1: I think mine is a little bit more philosophical. Mm. A little bit more, a little bit more high level the than, than than yours Not down the trenches okay yeah you know, it's i i'm frustrated with how slowly technology progresses and it's a weird thing because technology is progressing faster than it ever has before but like i look at things like the, the oculus rift has been an example of that recently where like the the idea is there the concept is super cool but it's like i just know that you know like version 3 of this thing is going to be incredible like 6 7 years from now and like apple watch which we spent a lot of time talking about today like also version 2 or 3 of that thing is going to be so much better than what we have today and like you just like you know that that's going to happen but it's just it's not it's not here yet and like a big thing that I've been thinking about lately is is driving and like these the whole self driving car initiative. Like you know you know it's gonna happen and it's gonna be awesome, but it's 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 like it's years and years and years away.
0: Going back to our previous discussion from like five episodes ago. It's sooner than you think.
1: Yeah. No, it, it totally is, but it's still I just, I guess I'm just not a patient person, is what I'm trying to say. So it sounds like you're tired of being an early adopter yeah yeah and it sounds like that's how maybe because I, I think this yeah. stems from
0: the watch mainly probably
1: maybe yeah maybe that's the better way to put it
0: you so you're okay you're having an existential crisis where you're struggling between being a being a being a young and an old and and you you want it both ways you want to have the latest stuff and you want to live on the edge but you want it to be fully baked so you you want to be an early adopter but you also want it to be good and and you and the questions of your immortality make
1: that no, don't, a tricky... no, don't do that. <laughs> All right, you
0: could scrap the last part. Yeah, but really, no, you're you're struggling with having it now and having it be good, and that's that's been that way forever, though. It's always it's always a struggle.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, you should know this better than anybody because you, you've you've suffered through everything. You had, I think you had, you had an a, uh, an AT and tilt, or sorry, a singular <laughs> a singular HTC tilt. I did, yeah so you know how just how bad technology can be while you're waiting for the good thing
1: yeah that's true it's very true very last thing didn't
0: you you you'd mentioned at the beginning just real quick uh that you were having a really bad technology week yeah anything anything to shed on that or you're just gonna power through it
1: just kind of yeah I don't you ever have these off weeks where so like yesterday for me I or actually no sorry Monday I was on my way to meet up with some friends after work and my iPhone had 30, 35% battery life and out of nowhere, it just shut itself off and it would, every time I would try to turn it back on, it would alternate between showing me the, Hey, you need to, you need to plug in your iPhone symbol, like where the battery's just dead and it would, it sometimes would just turn on, but then it would turn itself off after five to 10 seconds and I I came home and plugged it in and it was it's been fine ever since. Um and then I had a bunch of bunch of networking problems with with my work computer uh yesterday and, and like this morning. And then for the first time ever, for the first time in over a year, I forgot to plug in my Apple Watch last night. <laughs> so my Apple Watch died on me today. It, literally in the 14 months of owning this thing, I've never once done that. For the first time, did that. See, so yeah, it was kind of just an off an off technology week.
0: Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it happens sometimes. It does. You don't have a you don't have a travel Apple Watch charger in your gym bag or
1: something? I I don't. I those things are expensive, man.
0: Says the guy with three three hundred fifty dollars headphones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah, weird timing. Yeah, tricky juxtaposition. Right, and with that. Another week. Yes.